Cantos 22-24 to of Book 2 of the Raman of Balmiki Translated by Ralph T. H. Griffith This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Om123 Canto 22 Lakshman calmed So Rama kept on shaking steel His noble heart with iron will To his dear brother next he turned Whose glaring eyes with fury bond Indignant, panting like a snake and thus again his counsel spake. Thine anger and thy grief restrain, and firm in duty's path remain. Dear brother, lay thy scorn aside, and be deride thy joy and pride. Thy ready chill and thoughtful care, to aid what right should grace the air. These it is another's now to ask, come, guard thee for thy noble task, that worth stroning rights may be, grace to the things prepared for me. And with thy gentle care provide that her fond heart now sorely tried with fear and longing for my sake, with doubt and dread may never ache. To know that thoughts of coming ill, one hour that tender bosom feel with agony and dark despair, is grief too great for me to bear. I cannot, brother, call to mind one willful fault or undersigned when I have pained in anything my mother's or my sire the king. The right my father keeps in view, in promise, word, and action true. Let him then all his fear dismiss, nor dread the loss of future bliss. He fears his truth herein will fall, hence beat the thoughts his heart assail. He trembles lest the rights proceed, and at his pangs my heart should bleed. So now this honest wish is mine, the consecration to resign, and from this city turn away to the wildwood with no delay. My banishment today will free Kaike from her cares that she, at last contented and elate, may Varet's throning celebrate. Then will the lady's trouble cease, then will her heart have joy and peace. When wandering in the wood I wear deer skin and bark and matted hair, nor shall by me his heart be grieved, whose choice approved, whose mind conceived, this counsel which I follow, no, forth to the forest will I go. It is fate, Sumitra's son, conface, that sends me to the wilderness. It is fate alone that gives away to other hands the royal sway. How could Kaike's purpose bring on me this pain and suffering? Were not her change of heart decreed by fate, whose will commands the deed. I know my filial love has been the same throughout for every queen, and with the same affection she has treated both her son and me. Her shameful words of cruel spite to stay the consecrating rite and drive me banished from the throne, these I ascribe to fate alone. How could she, born of royal race, whom nature decks with fairest grace, speak like a dame of low degree before the king to torture me? But fate, which none may comprehend, to which all life must bow and bend, in her and me its power has shown, and all my hopes are overthrown. What man, Sumitra's darling, may contend with fate's resistless sway, whose all-commanding power we find, our former deeds alone can bind? Our life and death, our joy and pain, anger and fear and loss and gain, its thing that is in every state, all is the work of none but fate. Even saints, inspired with rigid chill, when once the stroke of fate they feel, 
in sternest vows no more engage, and fall enslaved by love and raise. So now the sudden stroke whose weight, the sense unlooked for, comes of faith, and with unpeating might destroys the promise of commencing joys, weighed is true counsel in thy soul, with thy firm heart thy heart control. Then, brother, thou wilt cease to grieve, for hindred rights which now I leave. So cast thy needless grief away, and strictly my commands obey. Those preparations check with speed, nor let my throning rights proceed. Those arms that stand prepared to shade, king-making drops upon my head, shall with their pure illustrations now inaugurate my hermit's vow. Yet what have I to do with things that touch the state and pomp of kings? These hands of mine shall water take to sanctify the vow I make. Now, Lakshman, let thy heart no more my fortune changed and lost the deplore. A forest life more joys may bring than those that wait upon a king. Now, through her art, successful ma, my consecrating right, let not the youngest queen too far thy jealous fear excite. Nor let one thought suggesting ill upon our father fall, but let thy heart remember still that faith is lord of all. Canto twenty three Lakshman's Anger Thus Rama to his brother said, and Lakshman bent his drooping head, in taunts by grief and pride impelled, a middle course of thought he held. Then in a frown of anger bent his brows that chief most excellent, and like a serpent in his hole, breathed fierce and fast in wrath of soul. His threatening brows so darkly frowned, his eyes so fiercely glanced around, they made his glare, which none might brook, like some inferior lion's look. Like some wild elephant full loft, he raised and shook his head aloft, now turned his neck to left and right, now bent, now raised its stately height, now in his raised that sword he felt, with mangling wounds to form and dealt, with sidelong glance his brother eyed, and thus in burning words replied. Thy rash resolve, thy eager haste, thy mighty fear are all misplaced. No room is here for duty's claim, no cause to dread the people's blame. Can one as brave as thou consent to use a coward's argument? The glory of the warrior race, which craven speech his lips debase. Can one like thee so falsely speak, exalting fate, confessed so weak? Canst thou, undoubting, still restrain suspicions of those sinful twain? Canst thou, most duteous, fail to know their hearts are set on duty's show? They which deceit have set their trains, and now the fruit rewards their pains. Had they not long ago agreed, O Rama, on this treacherous deed? That promised boon, so long retained, he asked had given and she had gained. I cannot, O oh my brother, bear to see another throne as heir, which rights which all our people hate, then, O oh, this passion tolerate. This vaunted duty, which can guide thy steps from wisdom's path aside, and change the counsel of thy breast, O oh, lofty headed, I detaste. Wilt thou, when power and might are thine, Submit to this abhorred design. Thy father's impious hest fulfil that vessel of Kaikei's will. 
but if thou still wilt shut thine eyes nor see the guile therein that lies my soul is sad i deeply mourn and duty seems a thing to scorn canst thou one moment think to please despair who live for love and ease and against thy peace as foes allied with tenderest names their hatred hide now if thy judgment still refers to fate this plot of his and hers my mind herein can never agree and though in this be ruled by me weak void of manly pride are they who bend to fate's imputed sway the choicest souls the nobly great disdain to bow their heads to fate and he who dares his fate control with vigorous act and manly soul through threatening fate his hopes assail unmoved through all need never quail this day mankind shall learn aright the power of fate and human might so shall the gulf that lies between a man and fate be clearly seen the might of fate subdued by me this hour the citizens shall see who saw its intervention stay thy consecrating rights to-day my power shall turn this fate aside that threatens as with furious stride an elephant who scorns to feel in rays unchecked the driver's steel not the great lords whose sleepless might protects the walls shall stay the right though art hell heaven combine their powers and shall fear this sire of ours then if their minds are idly bent to doom thee king to banishment through twice seven years of exile they shall in the lonely forest stay i will consume the hopes that fire the queen keke and our sire that to her son this check will bring advantage making varat king the power of fate will never withstand the might that arms my vigorous hand if danger and distress assail my fearless strength will still prevail a thousand circling years shall flee the forest then thy home shall be and thy good sons succeeding hold the empire which their sire controlled the royal saints of old who reigned for aged kings this rest ordained these to their sons their realm commit that they like sires may cherish it o pious soul if thou decline the empire which is justly thine lest while the king distracted lies disorder in the state should rise i on no mention may i find in walls to hero souls assigned the guardian of thy realm will be as the sea-bank protects the sea then cast thine idle fears aside which prosperous rites be sanctified the lords of art may strive in vain my power shall all their force restrain my pair of arms my warrior's bow are not for pride or empty show for no support these shafts were made and binding up ill sweets my blade to pierce the foe with deadly breach this is the work of all and each but small methinks the love i show for him i count my mortal foe soon as my trenchant steel is bare flashing its lightning through the air i heed no foe nor stand aghast though in self the laving cast then shall the ways be hard to pass where chariots lie in ruinous mass one elephant and man and steed crushed in the martyr's onslaught bleed and legs and heads fall heap on heap beneath my sword's tremendous sweep struck by my keen brand's trenchant blade thine enemies shall fall dismayed 
like towering mountains rent in twain, or lightning clouds that burst in rain. One armed to press and glove I stand, and take my trusty bow in hand, who then shall want his might, who dare, count him a man to meet me there. Then will I lose my shafts and strike, man, elephant, and steed alike, at one shall many an arrow fly, and many a foe with one shall die. This day the world my power shall see, that none in arms can rival me. My strength the monarch shall abase, and set the lord in lordliest place. These arms, which breed the sandal scent, which golden bracelets ornament, these hands, which precious gifts bestow, which guard the friend and smite the foe, a nobler service shall essay, and fight in Rama's cause to-day, the robbers of thy rights to stay. Speak, brother, tell thy foeman's name, whom I, in conquering strife, may strip of followers and fame, of fortune or of life. Say, how may all his sea-god land be brought to own thy sway, thy faithful servant here I stand, to listen and obey. Then strove the bride of Raghu's race, said Lakshman's heart to cheer, while slowly down the hero's face, unchecked, they rolled a tear. The orders of my sire, he cried, my will shall never oppose, I follow still, whatever betide, the path which duty shows. Canto 24 Kaushilya Calmed but when Kaushilya saw that he resolved to keep his sire's decree, while tears and sobs her utterance broke, her very righteous speech she spoke. Can he, a stranger yet to pain, whose pleasant words all hearts and sane, son of the king and me the queen, leave on the grain his hands may gleam? Can he, whose slaves and menials eat the finest cakes of sifted wheat, can Rama in the forest leave on roots and fruit which woodlands give? Who will believe, who will not fear, when the sad story smites his ear, that one so dear, so noble held, is by the king his sire expelled? Now surely none may fate resist, which orders all as it may list, if Rama in thy strength and grace, the earth become thy dwelling place. A childless mother, long I grieved, and many a sigh for offspring heaved, which wished for longing weak and warm, till thou at last my son wast born. Fanned by the storm of that desire, deep in my soul I felt the fire, whose offerings flowed from weeping eyes, which feel feed of groans and sighs. While round the flame the smoke grew hot, of tears, because thou camest not, now left of thee to fiery fears, the flame of war my heart will pierce, as when the days of spring return, the sun's heart beams the forest barn. The mother cow still follows near, the wanderings of a youngling deer, so close to thine my feet shall be, wherever thou goest following thee. Rama, the noblest lord of man, heard his fond mother's speech, and then, in soothing words like these replied to the sad queen who wept and sighed. Nay, by Kaike's art beguiled, when I am banished to the wild, if thou, my mother, also fly, the aged king will surely die. When wedded dames their lords forsake, long for the crime their souls shall ache, 
Thou must not even in to dim Thy bosom frame so dire a sin. Long as Kakuchta's son, who reigns, Lord of the art, in life remains, Thou must with love his will obey, This duty claims supreme for I. Yes, mother, thou and I must be Submissive to my sire's decree. King, husband, sire, is he confessed, The lord of all, the worthiest. I in the wilds my days will spend, Till twice seven years have reached an end, Then with great joy will come again, And faithful to die hast remain. Koshelia, by her son addressed, With love and passion sore distressed, Afflicted with her eyes bedewed, To Rama does her speech renewed. Nay, Rama, but my heart will break, If with these queens my home I make, Lead me too with thee, let me go, And wander like a woodland roar. Then while no tear the hero shed, Thus to the weeping queen he said, Mother, while leaves the husband he, he is woman's lord and deity. O oh, dearest lady, thou and I, our lord and king must never deny. The lord of art himself have we, our guardian wise and friend to be. And Varat, true to duty's call, whose sweet words take the hearts of all, will serve thee well and never forget the virtuous path before him set. Be this, I pray, thine honest care, that the old king, my father, never, when I have parted hands, may know, grieved for his son a pang of war. Let not this grief his soul distress, to kill him with the bitterness, with duteous care in everything, love, comfort, cheer the aged king. Thou, best of womankind, espouse, keeps firmly all her fasts and vows, nor yet her husband's will obeys, she treads in sin's forbidden ways. She to her husband's will who bends, Goes to high bliss that never ends, Yea, though the gods have found in her No reverential worshipper. Bent on his will, a woman's tale, Must seek to do her husband's will, For scripture, custom, law uphold, This duty, heaven revealed of old, Honour true Brahmans for my sake, And constant offerings dearly make, with fire oblations and with flowers, To all the host of heavenly powers. Look to the coming time and e'en, For the glad hour of my return, And still thy duteous course pursue, Abastemius, humble, kind, and true. The highest bliss shalt thou obtain, When I from exile come again, If best of those who keep the right, The king my sire still see the light. The queen, by Rama, does addressed, still with a modest grief oppressed, while her long eyes with tears were dim, began once more unanswered him. Not by my pleading may be strayed, the firm resolve thy soul has made, my hero thou wilt go and none, the stern commands of fate may shun. Go forth, dear child, whom naught can bend, and may all bliss thy steps attend, thou wilt return, and that dear day will chase mine every grief away. Thou wilt return, thy duty done, thy vows discharged, high glory won. From filial depth wilt thou be free, and sweetest joy will come on me. My son, the will of mighty fate, at every time must dominate. If now it drives thee hence to stray, heedless of me who bid thee stay. Go strong of arm, go forth, my boy, 
go forth again to come with joy and thine expectant mother cheer with those sweet tones she loves to hear oh that the blessed hour were nigh when thou shalt glad this anxious eye with matted hair and humid dress returning from the wilderness Cautious, conscious soul approved as a proud glance she bent on rama constant and unmoved resolved on banishment such words with happy omens fraught to her dear son she said invoking with each eager tart a blessing on his head and of cantos twenty two twenty three and twenty four